one thing that we're doing is we're just brewing beer that we like to brew. There's no roadmap or agenda. Hey everybody, it's Greg here from the Craft Beer Republic. We are out doing a field trip today. Very excited to finally sit down and talk with not only Ryan Aarons of Malibu Brew Company, but also head brewer. Is that the right title, head brewer? Brewmaster? Brewmaster. Brewmaster. Yeah. That always sounds more official. Uh, Brewmaster at Chaz Cloud. First of all, before we get into it, congrats on the GABF hardware. Thank you. Yeah. We are very excited about having a medal this yeah. early on into uh, our uh, journey as a brewery. So. Yeah, that was uh, so pleasant. I would say surprising, not because your beer is not good, but surprising that it happened so quickly. We didn't even send a contingency to Denver this year because we didn't expect um, that to happen. So uh, we were notified via text message from somebody that was there. I was like, congratulations. Like, like what? for what? Exactly. My <laughs> reply was question mark. You know? like, and then, uh, yeah, we immediately fired up the computer and got to, yeah. to, to viewing it online. So, that is so cool. So that was a bronze yeah. for happy days. Correct. So, yeah. So congrats on that. Congrats, congrats on getting the tap room open, which I know was a little bit of a feat. Thank you so much. Really glad to have the doors open. Yeah. I mean, that, uh, if I can just indulge for a second, we were invited to the soft opening. We had no idea what to expect. And besides the, the beer being good, which had, we had tried eh, once or twice. I know we met you at a festival and Correct. liked everything we had. We didn't know what we were walking into. And then we get there and like, holy shit, not only is the beer good, but like the food is chef's kiss amazing uh, <laughs> she my wife who's who's sitting over at the other end of the table still tells people about the shishito peppers she won't stop she was talking about them yesterday they're amazing so uh so congrats on getting all that going getting the, the hardware getting the tap room um like i said the food is killer and the beer is delicious um how's it been at this point as we're recording it's been about two months since you opened yeah just shy of two months how's that two months been great has it been crazy has it yeah, it's been it's been uh, well received by the community, um, which has been you know everything we could hope for. It's it, it, starting a restaurant is a new territory for my wife and I, and so um, we put a lot of time and effort trying to make sure that we really you know bring something that that people get excited about, and and uh, to us it means good beer and good food, and in a in a great space to enjoy and and. Um, so I think so far so good with trying to hit those marks. Um, but it's also, you know, we're, you know, dealing with figuring things out, figuring out what works and what doesn't and trying to make sure that you, the customer that shows up never sees, you know, behind that curtain right. that what isn't working and what does work. So uh, yeah, exactly. But uh, no, but we have a great team yeah. uh, and, and a great chef and, uh, and a great brewmaster mm -hmm. so far. Everybody seems to be really enjoying themselves. Well, and you've done a great job uh, hiring people. It seems like everybody who's in charge of their area, whether it's brewmaster or chef or front of house, like they're all they're all on it. Like they're all really good. Like yeah. customer service was awesome. Oh, great! Food was awesome. Like it was uh, it was not your typical brewery experience where you, you go up to the bar, you order your beer, you go sit down, you don't hear from anybody ever again until you go up and get another beer. Uh, wasn't like that at all. It was it was, it was a really nice experience lack of a better term cool well that's so. that's the whole basis for exactly what we're doing um we 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 go to a, i like to go to breweries and and i think we modeled this after the experience that we want to have at a brewery is is kind of having your hand held a little bit and learn 
have a good learning experience about mm-hmm. craft beer, try some things you may not normally try. And, and then we have a lot of people in our community that are just not craft beer fans yet. And it's kind of how I look at it. And so if we can get them in the door and, and have them try something new, then you can convert some people. And, and so that's the goal. Come away with a little more beer knowledge. And you're the first tap room in Malibu, right? Correct. So it's a blank slate for you. <laughs> that's right. We got some, we got our work cut out for us to yeah. convert Convert all those probably a lot of wine drinkers down. A lot of wine drinkers, yes, for sure. Yeah, come on over, drink some good beer. Um, All right, with that out of the way, let's let's bring it back to the beginning for both of you guys, all the way back to your history as a beer drinker. It's like the most important thing. Chaz, kick us off. Where did it all begin for you? What was your first beer? You drinking like PBR in college or? You know, I'd have to say my the first beer I had was always drinking like the shorts of my dad's beers. He'd be like, oh, get me a beer and hand me the empty and sure, I'd take I'll it take back. Sure, i to the trash. So I'd have to say Rolling Rock was probably that. He was a okay. devout Rolling Rock drinker. Um, Likes that skunky beer. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, I grew up in Pennsylvania, so Rolling Rock was our local beer when I was growing up. But through college, you know, I never really got into the, the light, cheap beer. Um, I still remember going out and my friends would be buying their, you know, 30 packs of whatever was cheap and available. And right. I'd scrounge my money together you know get a six pack of sierra nevada or something that sierra nevada anchor steam were like the real kind of indulgent beers for me yeah. that really that turned me on to the uh turned me on to craft beer that also probably made for a very interesting game of beer pong yeah yeah when you don't play with like, <laughs> light or something that'll get uh dicey real fast yeah i lost a lot <laughs> yeah what about you what kicked it off um my first beer i remember was a Coors banquet grabbed out of the ice chest at my high school graduation and my family was there so i remember that distinctly i was i was a pretty good kid in high school and didn't drink and yeah. then i remember uh I, was, I think well and we were yeah we were home brewing <laughs> then too so we were you know not drinking packaged stuff and and but that beer was terrible but um but that remember that was my first changed. like real you know like real beer that i remember yeah like picking up and yeah and then Finding craft beer, Red Hook ESB was like my kind of my, my, I guess I was like, wow, this package is cool. The beer tastes good. It's totally unlike anything I've had before. And so I remember that one being a distinct, um, a distinct memory in, in, in early on when I was getting turned on to craft beer and, but I drank uh, my, a ton of Coors Light in college and, <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Just, all, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> and Miller Light, yeah. and, you know, so. Well, my next question was, it has sort of been half answered by both of you guys. It was going to be, what was your gateway into craft? It sounds like maybe Sierra Nevada was sort of your, your, your gateway in and any yeah. other ones early on? Uh, yeah, Sierra Nevada, Anchor Steam, just yeah. in, uh, I guess in Pennsylvania at the time, there was a brewery, Dock Street. Uh, they had an incredible um, double bock that was called Illuminator that really was, amazing um yeah and I, I remember going showing up to college and i had a homebrew kit with me <laughs> thinking i was gonna you know make home brew homebrew in my dorm that never happened my sophomore year i wound up homebrewing at my friends in my friend's basement right. we were really having having a lot of fun mr beer kit or just it pretty much yeah <laughs> pretty much like a mr beer just you know some buckets the old red uh butterfly capper um <laughs> Yeah, making things. making just terrible beer right. that I thought was awesome. Some apple juice, a little bit of alcohol yeah. in it. <laughs> yeah, we've all had those. And uh, anything else besides Red Hook for you that got you after all those college cores? Um, no. Then I was then I would just go after that. I would go shopping by, and I was just a pure consumer. I would shop by label and just go try stuff that I didn't even know what it was. I was like, I'm just going to grab this. It looks cool. Like I'm going to go drink it, and it was just not like light loggers anymore and yeah. so just trying a bunch of stuff i don't remember that was just one that i remember that was like oh wow somebody can make really good craft beer yeah it has <laughs> flavor exactly and and uh 
but yeah, after that, it was kind of like, I'm just going to go try a bunch of different things. So. Yeah. So you took the flex way of trying beers, pretty cans, pretty cans. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a sucker for it for sure. No, no, no. I like it. Well, speaking of all this beer, let's, uh, we have a nice looking flight laid out in front of us. Let's, uh, let's start with number one. Sure. What we got? Yeah. First here we have our Canyon Rose lager. Um, so it is, it is pink. This is yes. a, uh, the base beer. This is a, like a pretty straightforward rice lager, a la, you know, rolling rock. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we're adding some hibiscus at whirlpool and then we're aging it on cranberry, uh, pureed oh. cranberry. The hibiscus brings like a really subtle pink color to it, but the cranberry really amps up the, the red notes. Um, I taste hibiscus. I get that really up front on the nose. Uh, the cranberry brings a little tartness, but it's just a clean, crushable beer. Yeah, you don't necessarily taste cranberry, but you get the tartness from it, kind mm-hmm. of that citric, I don't know, like in the back of your tongue. I don't know if that's a technical term or not, but we buy it. Yeah, it, it is now. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> Coined. Yeah. Um, so has this touched like grapes at all or, nope. or, or wine barrels or anything wine related? Nope. Nothing, nothing wine like in here aside from, I mean, technically the fruit of the cranberry. Um but it's not that much. Uh, you know, it's a couple, you know, a couple hundred pounds that we're adding on a 15 barrel batch. Okay. Um, or not even a couple less than 200, but anyway, it's pretty much just a light crushable crisp beer. This is your, your super crisp lager with a little something else going on. Um, just to keep it interesting. Yeah. Super light. You definitely get that rice lager base, uh, on the nose. Yeah. It's real light on the nose too. Like Mm -hmm. a little bit of hibiscus coming through. Um, call it our brunch beer yeah it's, it's like a good taco beer yeah it goes know? it pairs with so much stuff and then you, when you and 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 i know your listeners can't see it but you know we're looking at it. it's a very rose colored beer mm-hmm. um so a lot of people you know see that at the tap room they're like what is that what's that pink beer or we take it to a festival and we have that like, wine you got over yeah there. it's not it's not a rose lager like that's that pink beer but it it's uh it's it's been a big hit for us um because people are kind of intrigued by what it is. And it, and it is that kind of that, that same, um, it gives us that opportunity to bridge that gap between wine drinkers and beer drinkers and yeah. say, you know, this might be something you should try. And, and it already kind of sets them up to something that they're, they're not, yeah, and, they're, and they're full, interested in drink. Full disclosure. When you first had me try it at that festival, right. I was super afraid of it. <laughs> <Really>? because, well, <laughs> a specific larger named brewery that it was established in California, uh, has a, or had a rosé something. Ah, uh, yes. And I, could not stand it in fact i don't think i know anybody that liked that beer looking for approval from the wife yeah um it tasted like all the horrible things about a rose mixed mm. with like light beer it was so bad you're like here try my rose i was like okay try not to make the bitter <laughs> beer face in front of the guy who's pouring me a beer let's see if we can do this no it's it's really good i would absolutely drink i would i would order this which is a high praise for a rose oh beer. So, thank you um, thank you yeah, it's really good, really light. Great football beer. Drink it all day. Totally. And, yeah. Uh, not get too crazy. What's the ABV is like like four two? Oh, yeah, it's yeah, four really five, low. somewhere right Yeah. Very oh. approachable, very all yep. day drink. Oh, look at the can. Oh yeah. It is right. Uh, four point two. There yeah. we go. <laughs> we could also know that information. Yeah. We should. <laughs> yeah, this was a That's beer when um all full disclosure, I've only been with the brewery since June. Mm-hmm. Um when I started here, I thought kind of rosy beer that seems kind of gimmicky. This is now like heavy rotation in my beer fridge. Um nice. It's it's just a enjoyable beer. Um, Does a lot come from the brewer. If if you like it, then yeah. It's good beer. <laughs> um if we go to some backgrounds, I did um some light internet stalking on both of you. <laughs> we'll, we'll start with Ryan. You can correct anything that I get wrong, but uh the internet's always right. 
So you're a graduate of the Naval Nuclear Power Program? That's true. So are you like a scientist? No. I mean, I have <laughs> been to. Uh, no, no. That's, that sounds way cooler than... Uh, it's actually very... I mean, it is, it's an important job in the Navy. Uh, yeah, I... I, I uh, Spent some time in the in the in the navy, and I'm super thankful for um, for that opportunity. Helped me grow up quite a bit. Um, and my job was actually to go to school and learn how to run reactors um, for uh, the fleet, nuclear reactors on submarines and aircraft carriers. And so, oh, um, yeah, so that's all. <laughs> so uh, it's a specific school for that. And and um, yeah, so. And did you turn that into a career at all? I didn't. No, I, uh, I, uh, spent some time in the Navy, uh, graduated from that school and then, um, got out of the Navy because I had a, uh, a medical condition, um, that is, it's, it's, it was a weird situation that they had never even encountered where, uh, I have a, I had, uh, I'll get, I don't even, we may want to edit this part out because it's like, this is going to be super boring, but, uh, I had, uh, uh, my, my skull had already fused together when I was born. And so, um, I had to have surgery to allow my head to grow. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I have a, a dent that is on the side of my head right here where, um, where your firefighting mask, I was going to go to the subfleet, and uh, my mask has to form a seal and my mm. mask could not form a seal right there. So, um, basically after all that training, you do your firefighting training, you go to your assignment and, um, I, my mask would not form a seal. And so they said, you know, that's super dangerous. weird. And yeah. And, and we never anticipated this. And so it was, uh, one of those situations where they said, thank you for your service. And so I got my GI bill, got, got out and wow. So now yeah. do they try to fit people with the mask first? I, I, I would everything? hope that they check that. And, uh, <laughs> seems like know, an easy test. Exactly. <laughs> or yeah, put that at the front of training. And that was, you know, that was late nineties is when I was in. So, you know, I'm sure they've maybe learned a thing or two. Hopefully but, so. Yeah. But still the, the nuclear power. That's yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was great. I knocked all my science credits out. Uh, <laughs> no problem. So when I went back to college, it was, Sorry, way ahead. And, and I think so, we're gonna have to make a Homer Simpson beer now. I know. I, I agree. There's some some crossover here that I think could, could get pretty interesting. <laughs> be good Duff beer. Uh, and then you became a lawyer. Correct. And then you were. Well, I had real estate agent, but it was real estate brokering, right? Uh, no, not or, even that. Uh, just real estate development. Real yeah. Estate so development. I. Yeah. You have your pilot's license. That's true. <laughs> and of course, you're a co-founder of a film company. Right. Anything else I'm missing? Uh, and now uh, a, a well, co-owner of a brewery. Yeah, yeah. co-owner, founder of a brewery. Which is the most exciting. Yeah. Um, Do you ever stop going to school and working? <laughs> I need to take a break. Um, yeah, I, I don't sit still very well. And I, and once I find something I'm interested in, I, I try to, to dive in for sure. Um, it, it's been an interesting career. Yeah, I've done a lot of things for sure. And, and none of it has been by design or by plan. It's been like, let's, let's go. Um, try this new thing. And so my wife and I, we, we met while we were in law school. And mm -hmm. so we've been married 15 years this month. Oh, wow. Um, and yes, hi Jill. She's the brains behind the operation. We all know that. So right. she's, she's amazing. When I got out of school, I practiced law for a bit, but she went and worked for a real estate development company. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the, the start of that. And so we started doing that together. And so how did that all lead into, I want to open a brewery. Um, in the well, middle of we, a pandemic. Yeah, in the middle of a <laughs> pandemic. Well, that timing was definitely not planned. Um, long story short, we moved to uh, out here to Malibu six years ago. And we got here and we were like, where is our 
brewery. Oh, Baxter, you came from Colorado. Oh, yes, exactly. Breweries everywhere. Exactly. They were, and that was where I was really, you know, I was home brewing and you couldn't throw a rock and not find a great local brewery. Um, Yeah. So we got here and we're like, where's our brewery? And and it was kind of one of those situations where I was like, okay, I'm a dog with a bone and I'm not going to let this go. We're going to be, we're going to finally bring Malibu a, a brewery. This project that we're talking about now, it started six years ago. And it just took us a very long time to find the space, come up with the, the plan of what we were going to do, build the brewery, build the tap room and restaurant out. And mm-hmm. um, so it's been quite a long process. But you weren't planning this like come 2020 had been in the works. It, no, it had definitely been in the okay. works. And and <laughs> and uh, yeah, the tap room took two years to get done. Um, yeah. And the brewery was a lot quicker. And then again, the timing was just terrible. We literally got the space right as the pandemic began for both locations. The brewery was a lot quicker to build. Um, so we were able to start producing beer just over, we've been making beer for over a year um, at this point. And then the tap room, we finally got it open a couple months ago. And so it just was the, the timing of everything was kind of thrown up in the air. So not our timing of choosing, especially during the pandemic, but we're also glad that we're able to to open now kind of not, you know, just on the other side of this where we can give people the experience that we wanted them to have and come in and enjoy the space and kind of change a few things up with how we operate. Um, like every, every other brewery is trying to have to adjust now. And, and we just have the benefit of kind of, kind of adjusting now later, later in the process. Well, and you guys have been selling cans out of the production facility for like a year now, right? Yeah. We've been making beer here for, for a year. And, and then we decided to package during the, the pandemic just because we needed to put the beer somewhere. Right. And so it try to get, start getting it out the door because the tap room, the idea was to have the tap room open at the same time that we'd be, you know, making beer. And that just, that just wasn't reality. Yeah. Any previous brewery, restaurant, anything related experience? None, none. <laughs> so right. this is, this is ground up learning as we go, but really trying to, uh, assemble a team that has plenty of experience and, and who can take those ideas and, and take the dream that we all have and, 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 you know, turn into reality. Mm-hmm. And how did Chaz come into the picture? Um, Chaz was somebody I met, uh, at his previous brewery and, um, we were on the hunt for our brewmaster and I had had Chaz's beers at festivals and, and, and then actually met Chaz before, this was even uh, an available opportunity for him and was like, Oh man, this guy makes good beer. Like, you know, and I remember drinking it and being like, Oh wow. That's, you know, I was just, I was just impressed, you yeah. know? And, and, and then I got to chat with, with Chaz and I was like, he's got this very cool scientific and scholarly approach to the beer making process that I really appreciated. But it seemed like he was one of these guys that's like, kind of like just on that pursuit of, of always improving and learning um, especially in this craft. And, and so I just, I, it was something that I, that I remember. And then when the opportunity came up, just talking with Chaz and being like, would you be interested in taking this leap and kind of moving forward with Malibu Brewing Company and, and, uh, he said, no. making some, some good beers and, <laughs> and here, I don't know what he thought, but that was my impression. Well, that we'll get to that in a second. Uh, before we do, let's talk about the second, uh, beer in our lineup here. Sure. The second beer is our Happy Days Honey Blonde. This is our uh, GABF bronze medal winning beer. Um, base beer is a American Blonde Ale, and we're adding uh, Purple Sage Honey mm. right to the Whirlpool, right at the end of the boil. We're trying to preserve as much of the aromatics as possible Okay. Uh, from that. I get a little bit of the honey on the nose. Get a little sweetness on the nose. A little yeah. sweetness, yeah, but it's a dry beer. Um, it's about 5%. 
Um, so yeah, it smells sweet. You taste the honey on the palate. There's a little kind of breadiness or graininess underlying that. Um, and then it's just a clean blonde ale, really kind of crushable. Once again, it's a blonde, it, in the same vein as the Canyon, it's a blonde ale, but it has a little something else going on. And yeah, really, really enjoying how this beer drinks. Yeah. Very easy to drink. And the honey is not by any means overpowering real, real light. Just adds a little something in there. Does the honey add uh, any extra ABV to it? Um, it's calculated. I mean, it does. Yeah. Um, we're, we're withholding grain that hit that 5%. This mm-hmm. would be like a four and a half percent beer without the honey. So it does. Yeah. It contributes a little bit, but it, uh, nothing, nothing, nothing too crazy. crazy. Yeah. No, it's very good. Very just like the last one. Like you said, easy to drink. You could drink it all day. Um, pairs with lots of things. I would imagine spicy foods and yeah, all that kind of good. A lot yeah, of our, sure. a lot of our offerings, I think stem from us being a brew pub. Um, you know, we want to make beer that goes well with food. We want people to come in and have a couple beers and be able to try a different couple different beers and yeah. have those pair at their meals. Where if you have your come in, have a double IPA, which we'll have at the end. You know, you have one of those and it's nap time. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you want the food to drive alcohol sales and the beer to drive food sales. If they mm-hmm. can work in, in unison together, that's a that's a good day at the tap room. And we don't want to deal with inebriated people. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kicking people out and it's not that sort of establishment. <laughs> this conference room may become that sort of establishment. We'll get there. We're getting there. We're yeah. working on it. We're working our way there. Uh, all right. So I, I stalked Chaz as well. So let's talk a little bit about your background. Um, there was less about you. There's tons about Ryan on the internet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I got I to Google myself. Yeah. <laughs> you may or may not want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you started at, at BJ's yep. in Oxnard, local here. Uh, and you worked for sort of a local celebrity, uh, Dave, over from Ladyface. Yeah. That must have been quite the learning experience. Yeah, it was awesome. I I love Dave to this day. Um, he Dave is the you know the guy who gave me my got my foot in the door for professional brewing. I've been home brewing for geez, what is feeling old now. Uh, I started home brewing when I was like eighteen, and you know dabbling in it, really yeah. not. And it was all for personal consumption. Not I wasn't a competition right. home brewer or anything like that. Just having fun with it. Had friends that I brewed with that uh, you know. We were talking about opening a brewery. That was always the dream. It was like, oh, my buddy and I could open this brewery together and have fun. And we were having planning meetings to do that. <laughs> and then I got a job at BJ's. And I'm like, well, I got a job. Sorry. He, and what's really kind of crazy about that is my buddy who I homebrewed with now owns a brewery outside D.C. Oh. Um, so if, you have, if you're out that way, check out Beltway Brewing. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, Dave... Uh, Took a chance on me. I was, uh, you know, this totally uneducated home brewer, and Dave's like, Hire, he's like, I'm going to hire you. You're, you've got a professional background. I had worked for a real, real estate developer, okay, for about five years before that, right out of college. So Dave brought me on, and he's like, Yeah, it's going to be a couple months until you get on the brew deck. And the end of my first week, I was brewing my first batch of BJ's Blonde, <laughs> nice. heavily, heavily supervised, right, right. But it was really cool that you know, at a new, totally new career path to be turning valves and making beer day yeah. one. And and for those that aren't from the area, Ladyface is kind of one of the first ones out here. Dave is sort of a mad scientist. I mean, he was doing stuff that people hadn't heard of with beer before. Now it's like, oh, not a big deal. But yeah. if, if you go back to when Ladyface was sort of the only party in town, like he was doing some really crazy stuff over there. So yeah, really like, good stuff. One of the few places you find Cascale. Yeah. He had a sour program. It was, yeah. 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 It's kind of the only place you get sour anywhere nearby. Mm-hmm. It was pre Casa Agria and all that good stuff. Um, all right. So from BJ's, you went to Santa Barbara Bruco. Yep. And then Surf Beer in Ventura. Yep. 
I miss Surf Beer. That, yeah. That's some good beers over there. F- uh, FYI, I'm not sure when this is airing. Uh, the 12th Bright Spark Brewing is opening just, in the old surf spot. Yeah. I was talking to Josh over at Bright Spark mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Didn't realize that's where they were opening. And then I looked, I stocked them and I was like, oh, it's the old uh, surf. So that's cool. Uh, and then Rincon. Yep. And then now here, of course. Yeah. Did I miss any? Uh, two years of a stay at home dad between surf and Rincon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of experience gained. Yep. Um, any formal brew training from no, that time? No. Uh, when I worked for the real estate developer, I would go to lunch by myself and read books on making beer, opening a brewery, as just trying to gain as much information as I possibly could. I hate I hate saying I'm self taught because there's a lot of good mentors <laughs> like Dave and other other brewers that I'd pick their brains with and chat right. with. But yeah, no no formal beer education. Okay. And what's your uh, scientific approach to beer that Ryan was talking about? Yeah, um, <laughs> I think I kind of view it as almost like an accounting exercise. Okay, you know, there's a lot of a lot of data points that we follow in the brewing process of you know water temperatures, mineral content, temp- sure. um, times, all this stuff, and trying to trying to hit your numbers, and then you taste the beer at the end, and what could be adjusted, where was where was time from your brew day left on the table trying to be efficient about it? Yeah. yeah. There's always room for improvement. I know that. And I know that a lot of the big beer brands that we all love are constantly evolving their beers. Sure. Um, I'm sure Pliny the Elder is a different <laughs> recipe than the Pliny we get today from well, iteration yeah. one. I'm sure there's little, little tweaks along the yeah. way, water profiles, um, little efficiency tweaks, efficiency tweaks, a uh, lot or crop year. tweaks. Yeah. Yeah, if you can't um, get a certain hop, you got to do something. Yeah, or if it's different from the year before. Yeah, you're always trying to evolve and keep on top of the, keep on top of things and make it better. I think the I think our customers also their palates are evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't see too many of the of these like big hundred IBU double IPAs anymore. I think every right. all these I, double IPAs or IPAs. The bitterness has been restrained a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not stripping the enamel off people's teeth anymore. No, it seems like for the most part. No, so I think there's always, you know, I like, like I said, it's it's a it's a numbers based, a data driven kind of brewing process. Yeah, and it also seems like talk about IBUs, um, they kind of don't matter anymore. No, like it used to mean something. It used to be like, oh, that's a hundred IBUs, like that's gonna be bitter AF. Mm-hmm. And now, like what people are doing, it's like, oh, it might be. Yeah, who knows? I mean, a hundred's gonna be pretty bitter, yeah. but when you get to those like 50s, 60s, like that doesn't mean anything anymore. No. Which uh, I think is nice in a way because I used to look at a beer, look at the IBUs, like this means I'm gonna like it or not like it, and, and now mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I gotta try it. So it's kind of cool. I, I would imagine that you inherited most of the recipes here mm-hmm. when you started. Have you had a chance to develop any of your own ones yet? Yeah, we've got our uh, railroad rye or railway rye. Yeah, railway rye. Uh, that was a that was a new one. Love me some rye. Yeah, mm-hmm. we wanted a we wanted a pale ale. We kind of had a opening in the in our menu for it. Um, we didn't really have that kind of middleweight hoppy beer. Um, we wanted something a little old school, so we did a nice rye pale ale. That was a that was one that I did Oktoberfest. Kind of when I started here, it's like wow, we need to start thinking about Oktoberfest. Yeah. About that time. Yeah. One of the really fun things that I that I enjoyed from day one of working here was Ryan ownership's desire to use the best ingredients we can get. So we use a lot of Admiral Malt, mm. um, which is a small malt house up in Alameda. They do really old world floor malted barley. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. So we've been playing around with a lot of different stuff like that and getting to know their malts. It's like, oh, this would be, you know, you have to brew a beer to try it out with. So yeah. 
kind of make something fun. Yeah, I've heard really good things about Admiral. I know the guys up at uh, East Brother use mm-hmm. Admiral exclusively, and, mm-hmm. and they like it a lot too. Is there a certain style or focus that you have when it comes to making beer? Not really. Um, I could give you some like <laughs> I could give you some like stats that I like. I love like I think a five and a half percent ABV beer. Yeah, is like the sweet spot for for flavor. Okay. Um, you can make a really hoppy five and a half percent beer. You can make a really malty five and a half percent beer. You can make a really lean, crisp five and a half percent beer. You make a really like heavy five percent beer. Yeah. If you work at it. I like that. That's where I like, but then certain styles, you want them stronger or weaker from there too. Yeah. It'd be weird to have a five and a half percent barley wine. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. No, That's called an ESB. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, it makes a lot of sense because you can really let the flavors of the beer, whether it's malt or hops or whatever, shine at five and a half percent. You're not introducing any real like alcohol flavors at that point. Mm-hmm. It's when you kind of get up to like that seven where you start tasting a little bit of alcohol and it might play with the hops or play with whatever you got going on in there. Um, so I, really, I never even thought of that before. That's, I liked it a lot. And then what's been different about working? We talked about ingredients for one, but about working here than say any of your other previous I think you touched on it earlier. Um, it's a great vibe. Um, Ryan's brought on people that are that are good at what they do. Mm-hmm. He gives us enough enough leash to hang ourselves, <laughs> and we can you know we're everybody everybody's dedicated to what they're trying to do. You know, our, Carrie who runs our tap room is focused on that. Mm-hmm. She's not pushing me in any directions. I'm right. not pushing the tap room in any directions. And our, like our chef, we work well together. And I think with a with an environment like that where everybody has their lanes mm-hmm. that you instead of trying to pull from those other departments, we all kind of help each other out. It's really everybody everybody's got each other's back here, which is really really pleasant. Yeah, and it sounds like there's no as the brewer like you have to make some sort of weird social media decision, right? <laughs> exactly, because you shouldn't. Well, I, you've obviously done some research on me <laughs> online. You can see my online presence <laughs> or, or lack there or lack. yeah <laughs> couple breweries or a couple of articles but uh, not a lot of socials yeah um all right you guys want to move on to the next in this yeah gorgeous lineup? let's keep drinking beer yeah beers yeah. that's what we're here for right yes, so please. uh the next one we have is our wild grove hazy ipa um i think you had this at the uh you had mentioned it on, yeah. on the podcast at the uh soft opening um may have taken a few cans of this yeah so it's a it's a hazy ipa um this is in at baseline, the same, a similar recipe that you had. We uh, adjusted, uh, we're using a different yeast than what you tried, so it produces a little more haze to the beer. And then we adjusted the dry hopping. This is mm. like two and a half times the dry hop that you had had, um, where, so we just kind of upped it to okay. get it get it into that hazy yeah. category. Where I'm noticing the most is on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we've got uh, a lot of fun stuff in here. We're running some Sabro, so you get that kind of coconut note mm-hmm. on this. Simcoe and Amarillo, 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 everyone. Everybody says. Yeah, <laughs> says it I can't get it. <laughs> is it Motueka, Motueka? Yeah. But yeah, so you get that kind of citrus and coconut play. We did change the yeast on this from the original batches where we're using a London 3, which is a fruitier yeast. So it's mm. going to kick off a little more fruit and it helps with the haze also. Yeah. A little more in suspension. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of wheat, malted wheat and oats mm. in the grain bill, uh, looking for that kind of soft mouthfeel. Personally, I don't like sweet beers. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to keep this one in that kind of drier finishing. I think a lot of the hazies have gotten into this kind of almost under attenuated flavor where they're sweet. Your mm-hmm. lips are a little sticky afterwards. Yeah. I like a dry beer. Also, like to keep the carbonation a little higher. I don't like flat beer. Yeah, um, it should be bubbly. Yeah, have it leave the tongue a little quicker. Yeah, and is it a little 
lighter in the mouthfeel than it used to be? Um, I mean, I haven't had it in like a month, so. Yeah, I think it's right around the same. Uh, it might be a little, a little bit lighter, but probably not too much. I'll pretend I never said that. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the, uh, what's the ABV on this one? We're right around six. All right. So right, right, right. in that range of keeping it low. You can have a few and still drive home, mm-hmm. uh, which I appreciate. I hate going to breweries where everything's like seven and above and it's like well i've had one should i have a second one I yeah. so well i always. think with especially with hazy ipas what we're trying to do is really let the hop shine on this mm-hmm. as um, they should yeah if you if you're adding too much malt like malt and hops are always this balancing act and to get higher abv you need more malt mm-hmm. which then kind of masks your hops and then you have to use more hops why not just make a you know tone everything down yeah and use a lot of hops and make a really hoppy beer. Yeah, if there's no need for the malt, why put it in there? Yeah. And, I mean, uh, from Ryan's side of things, save a few bucks, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, we kind of touched on it earlier, uh, Ryan. We you, you opened the production facility first. And that sort of was a product of the pandemic. Probably wasn't the original plan, right? No, it was really just trying to get uh, open when we could. You know, it was kind of, we, we had to find the space and really just take our time to figure out kind of what we're doing. And then we were really kind of thrust into uh, the, we were at the mercy of, you know, the supply chain. And and I shared with you earlier that we were very lucky that our tanks and brew house made it in before they got stuck offshore in the the port of LA. Yeah, it was very close. (laughs) And then we were, you know, slightly delayed on our, on our um, glycol fittings and that kind of held us up a little bit, but the tap room and restaurant was just a, just a product of, of things taking time in Malibu and, Mm -hmm. So yeah, nothing's really gone to plan. So we've really had to be, <laughs> we've had to be uh, nimble and um, and very flexible. But it's kind of all working out. So. Yeah. When when did you finish your first batch of beer? It was August of 2021. Okay. Why the decision to have separate facilities? Really, because in Malibu we would never be able to get a brewery approved. Like we oh. would never be able to brew where we are located. We're on um, a septic system, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of complications with brewing on septic. And I didn't know how it would go. I didn't know if uh, I just basically assumed the Coastal Commission would never allow us to make it happen. And I'm that makes sense. and I'm and I'm, I didn't want to roll the dice and extend the amount of time it took takes to get this project off the ground already. Yeah. And so we are. We're brewing in Westlake Village, which is so close to Malibu. It's a you know twenty minute hop yeah. over the hill, and and so it's a lot easier for us to just have our own uh, production facility that's dedicated solely to making beer and warehousing our beer, and and then just take it over in keg store tap room. Well, you've and got the world's coolest cold box. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the size of a football field. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. We've got a great setup. You know, we've got room to grow and it's a system that's working well for us so far. So, And, and I imagine, Chaz, it's probably nice for you not having to deal with all the other operations. You just brew beer and do that. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I miss having the kitchen, like to get oh, lunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's not, it's also nice not having like the kitchen dishwashers tracking like greasy footprints through your brewery. Right. Yeah. Customers coming up like, can I have a tour? Like, I'm kind of in the middle of mashing in right now. Come back in a half an hour. Uh, the the spot in Malibu next mm-hmm. to Vintage. Next to Vintage, yeah. Was was that uh, part of the plan? Did that just open up? What? Why that spot? It's we, a nice spot. You're like right across the street from the beach, and yeah, that was the side of town that we wanted to, to be on. We live five minutes away from the tap room, mm-hmm. um, and that part of Malibu is kind of where all the families are, um, and so that was important for us to be in kind of uh, the west part of Malibu. We 
wanted to build that for the community. It's, you know, there's always tourists in Malibu, but this is really um, something that we wanted to bring for our community to have a spot that we kind of lost during the Woolsey fire, Mm -hmm. uh, a a, a place for the community to get together. Um, A lot of people are finally rebuilding their homes and getting back to Malibu. And it just felt like it was time to have a, a good casual spot that that people can go enjoy some good beer and some food and and get together and there's not a lot of options in malibu there's not just there's not a lot of space to um to to open a new spot and so we got lucky to find a place that was a restaurant prior and and we we gutted it and renovated it and turned it into the taproom and restaurant you see today what was the inspiration behind it Ooh, um, really, I wanted it to feel like, well, not just me, uh, my wife and I wanted it to feel like it was almost like our living room. Like you're coming in and having a beer and it's comfortable and casual you have and a nice living room. Well, yeah, well, thanks. <laughs> I'm, I just want to share it with everybody. <laughs> uh, we, we, and we wanted the furniture to be comfortable. We wanted it to be a spot where if you're going to sit and enjoy and have a couple of beers, not feel like you're on top of the table next to you, that's it. It's really kind of, it was really we don't, like I said, I've not been in this industry, the restaurant industry for sure. And, right. you know, new to, to beer making. And so really trying to, to have this idea and then really execute it and see if it, see if it's going to work purely making a space that's, that's comfortable and enjoyable. That's been the inspiration. Yeah. Was it um, a plan from the start to bring in like really good food or did that just kind of happen? It was not. Um, the original idea was like, I just want a little tap room. I want to make some beer and that's going to kind of be it. And then as we got into what it takes in Malibu to, to bring a concept like a brewery in, um, it's a lot easier and more palatable for the the city to understand. They know what to do with a restaurant. They don't know sure. what to do with a brewery. Yeah. So, so, um, but I think it's actually been a, a, a very lucky twist of fate because it's allowed us to really showcase beer and food together. And I'm really glad we kind of, kind of were forced in that direction, not forced in that direction, but I'm glad that's the, the direction that we're, we've gone in because I think it, it, it's yeah. working perfectly for, for the way we want to operate and the experience we want our guests to have with our beer and our food. And then we're lucky to find an amazing chef that knows how to pair beer and food together very yeah. well. And, Where did you steal that guy from? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> can, can we give it, what's, what's your chef's name? Chef Steven, Steven Stroh. Okay. He's got flavor dialed in. Um, he has got a great palate. Um, he knows how to, uh, he's very creative. He's very resourceful. Um, and he, uh, is also a beer fan, which is, uh, you know, very important. And, um, so it's very important that he, for him to have, uh, a variety of beers to, to incorporate into our, uh, everything from the beer braised short ribs to our ice cream is actually made with our beer. Oh, I had that. Yeah. So, so um, so in, in, in our sauces and everything, it goes into a lot of stuff yeah. that, that people may not know. So, yeah, well, great job stealing him. Um, <laughs> Chaz, what's your favorite beer to make here to make? That's a good one. I'd say the lager fermentation. So like the Canyon or Pacific, mm-hmm. um, Pacific gold, uh, American lager, Lager, uh, big rock lager. That it, it's just. Uh, I really enjoy lager brewing. It's it's dirtier. slow. It's dirty. Yeah. Um. That you know the brew day, the actual hot side, the cooking of everything for the most part is is the same from beer to beer. Some some take a little more hops than yep. others, but yeah. Um. But the fermentation of lagers just really really is fun for me. You know, we taste the beer every day through the process, mm-hmm. and the tasting the lagers like. Right after primary fermentation, the lager just tastes it. 
it's gross. It's sulfury. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really like the first log. I remember the first lager I brewed and I'm like, I'm going to have to dump this batch. <laughs> it, this is horrible. I'm like, well, I'm going to trust the process and we just let it lager out and, yeah. and it just gets better and better and just tasting the beer improve while it ages out is, yeah. is really a lot of fun. What's your most annoying beer that you have to make from like a process standpoint? Oh, yeah, seltzer. I want to hear this. Oh, oh seltzer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you guys have a seltzer? We, we do. do. We have a seltzer. I didn't realize that. Yeah, we, 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 it's, yeah, we, yeah. We would seltzer on it's just really for, good because we have it's, a market that, yeah, that there doesn't people, always love beer. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and we can make it here. Well, and it's like printing money. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> true too. Yeah. The ingredients aren't expensive. Yeah. We do try to, yeah. They are, try to, they are hard to make. Yeah. It, it, it was challenging getting that. Well, yeah, that rest good. Yes. Yeah. I mean, anybody can ferment some sugar water, but yeah. like the the good ones there's, are there's nothing to hide behind. Yeah, it's exactly. water and and fermentation product, and it's, yeah, it's tough. I don't consider myself an end user, so making something that I won't sit down and and enjoy is yeah. It's it's true. It'd be weird to have like a vegan chef and you tell him to make some hamburgers. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know how these should taste. You know. But we make our own flavoring. That's the other great part about having a chef. You know, it's instant headache for me when I have one. Um, and so <laughs> mm-hmm. we really wanted to, you know, use again, get back to the like use better ingredients. You know, it costs a little more, but uh, it just to have a better drinking experience yeah. for those of us who like seltzers. There's a large uh, market. There's a market out there apparently. Yeah. And so we wanted to at least, you know, do it our way and make it make a good one. And so I think we we, we managed to do that. And um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what hop are you currently crushing on right now? Um, I'm really excited. We've got a uh, collab we're actually doing with Casa Agria. Ooh. Um, and we're going to use a bunch of Nelson, which isn't really a new hop. It's, it's fun. It's a hop I've used before. I'm really excited to get back to that. Um, this double IPA we're about to try. Use some Eldorado in there, which is a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got some Idaho seven playing in that too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Just kind of everything new. I like, I like the, I like the direction hops are going now where there it's not just like pine and and dank you know it's they're they're fruity and they're expressing these really kind of stone fruit flavors which is well it seems like they're breeding them more for flavor now than for bitterness too yeah Uh, all the new ones especially kind of like new zealand and stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, my next question you you already half answer was gonna be any fun collabs coming up but casa yeah casa yeah and we talk uh, about it or we yeah we're gonna be we're gonna be brewing a uh, west coast pilsner with them on the 17th so that should be out i'm guessing around the new year okay a little bit after awesome excited for that well speaking of all the hops let's talk about this double you just brought up yeah so work in progress uh this is a little flat straightforward double ipa uh little caramel malt it's kind of an old school double ipa it still has malt flavor to it it's not totally lean Mm -hmm. a little caramel malt um two row some touch of munich and then yeah hop wise we got a lot here got some zaka el dorado idaho seven um the idaho seven reason cryo hops which are fun oh yeah uh not a lot of plant material and they're really potent aroma wise um yeah this beer just got transferred in the bright tank on friday so not fully carved up yet should be there and i think we're releasing this on the 11th somewhere in that somewhere around then somewhere around around November. yeah yeah so it's been in the bright for two days. There, there is a hint of carbonation. It's not totally. Mm-hmm. Flat. Yeah, it's not completely. It's uh, very caramely in color. Mm-hmm. Sits on the tongue a little longer, I'm sure, because no, no real carbonation going on. Yep. Yeah, a little more weight to it. Yeah. I mean, this beer is clocking in at like nine and a half percent. Not a. It's no. It's no slouch. Doesn't drink like that. No. No. Good job on hiding that alcohol. <laughs> a lot of coconut. I'm getting a lot of coconut yeah. out of it. That's, is that the Idaho Seven? 
I think so. Um, I haven't used Idaho 7 before. Okay. When I walked in here and was hired, we had a ton of hops that we were on contract for. And I think contracts were written before we really knew what we were going to be settling on, Mm -hmm. which was awesome. So I'm like, oh, we've got all these great aroma (laughs) varieties. So just kind of playing around with stuff. I'd never used it before. And yeah, figured throw in a double IPA, right? Might as well. Yeah. The kitchen sink worth of hops. Uh, very nice. I can't wait till it's carbonated and, and drinking as it should. It's it's good start, a little sweet, a little coconut. And mm-hmm. I'm sure the sweetness will lift a little bit as the carbonation builds up. But man, is that ABV hidden very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is tasty. Um, you guys are in some pretty good company locally as far as breweries around here, especially where the production facility is. What sets you guys apart from everybody else that's making good beer? Well, Ooh, yeah. man. <laughs> I don't know. I think... Um, I, I look around at all these breweries and they're making such good beer that it feels like the standard is, is, is there and that we are just trying to keep up with that. You know, it's awesome to be able to go, you know, anywhere in any direction from here and, and have really good examples of styles that we love. You know, I think one thing that we're doing is we're just brewing beer that we like to brew. There's no roadmap or agenda it's literally us being like, what do we want to do next? You know? And, and it's kind of been, you know, we're in, but we're so new, you know, that, that we're figuring out what people are responding to. And I love loggers and I know Chaz loves loggers. And so like, that's always going to be around, but we're, we're, you know, we also do stouts and, and, Mm -hmm. and porters and, and barley wine and, you know, now double IPA and that Berliner. Yeah. Don't get me started on that Berlin. <laughs> and a Berliner vice so and stuff. So, so it's, it's kind of like, I don't know if that sets us apart from other breweries, but we're, we're just, we're just brewing what we want and hoping it resonates with, with other people. And, uh, but yeah, but I, I, we're, we're in a really good company out here, like you said. And so, yeah, it's constantly just, we just hope to hold up our end of the bargain and continue to make, uh, this area known for, you know, for good breweries. Yeah. Yeah. What Ryan sort of brewing background do you have? Um, home brewer. I, got interested in making beer. My first exposure to home brewing was in high school when my friends were like, we can't buy beer. Let's make beer, you know? And, and so I remember the five gallon legally buy beer. Right. So yeah. So we had, um, friends with very cool parents that kind of looked the other way while we were making beer in the living room, uh, with the white five gallon bucket and <laughs> the coil, the copper coil that we would make to mm-hmm. chill. And that was my first time home brewing and kind of quick exposure to it. And then when I got out of school and was like, all right, I love craft beer. Now I'm going to figure out, you know, you can make this at home, you can get the stuff and and do it. And I was just, it would just pique my interest to, to go and, and experiment and figure out how well I can make a beer. And so then I got into understanding, you know, how hard it is to make good beer and had a really good appreciation for it. Um, it was a hobby for me and, and would start, bringing home pieces of equipment and shopping online for it. And then slowly building up my kit. And then I would make uh Krampus Kolsch is what I called it and would <laughs> give it away at the holidays and, and put it in a bottle and, and people seem to kind of like it. And so it's kind of one of those things that just was like, Oh, this is, this is fun and people enjoy it. And, yeah. and, uh, and then I always wanted to be uh, participating part some way with a brewery. And, and then, like I said, we moved and was like, where's our brewery? And it was kind of just that moment of like, here we go. It's always equal parts fun and surprising when people like the beer you make at home. Yeah, for it's sure. Like, it's definitely like... You do? You like this? Yeah. <laughs> Are you being honest? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Just> being <nice? laughs> yes. It's fine, but you know. Yeah. No, it's very cool. 
Have you had any yet that have not sold well that you're like, well, we're just going to wipe that off the menu? Uh, it's kind of early, so I'd be surprised. But. No, actually, you know, that's the one thing. I, and, and if you ask me the other question of like what's selling the best, I couldn't tell you. It's all across the board, kind of very interestingly pretty balanced. Our, you know, our, you've got your crowd pleasers like our Honey Blonde Ale. Mm-hmm. You know, that one is is our our number one seller. I mean, everybody can drink. Yeah, it. Everybody can drink it. Yeah. It's very approachable. Um, is that but, the one that's in Dodger Stadium? No, Pacific Gold, our American Lager, oh, is okay. at Dodger Stadium. Is yes. it still in Dodger? Well, I mean, well, I know it's off season. But- eh, it's season. Season's over, but uh, I mean, you, I don't know. Maybe there's some cans lying around. At the, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had one of our uh, listeners call in and say he was at Dodger Stadium and saw Malibu Brewing. And yeah. He was super stoked. For we it, were so. super stoked to, be, to have that opportunity to yeah. be there. So, yeah. That's again, yeah. Those those um, the, the styles that we're going to continue to do. Are just are, we're just gonna, we're just gonna have to see what like again. The loggers are going to do well because we're you know we're a beach location and people like a light beer. And um, but we also really are into. We've got a barrel aged winter ale that we're going to turn out here in December that um, has been aged on bourbon barrels for the past year. I'm in. Yeah. So Christmas in a can, but aged <laughs> on bur- bourbon barrels. So. A lot of fun stuff happening in Berliner Weiss, and we've got a lot of fun ideas for beers that'll be coming out. And yeah, and I mean, we early next year when we had uh open, we have our, our hatch lager, which mm-hmm. is our sand and sea Mexican lager, and we age it on hatch chili peppers. And I, I remember making that, and I'm like, I don't know how this is gonna do. And <laughs> yeah. then before I knew it, I'm like, we need another batch of this, like, we're just getting empty cakes back, and you know, most of our sales are through our tap room, right. I, I, you know, even, even the ones that I expect to be a little slower, it's like, no, this is moving. Yeah. That hatch, it's a fun beer. I uh, notoriously hate spicy beers, mm-hmm. but that hatch, I was like, it's not too spicy. You just no. get the flavor of it. Mm-hmm. It's not bad, which for me, I, I, I love spicy food, hate spicy beer. I think the first beer I ever drain poured was a habanero sculpin. Oh, I just wow. couldn't <laughs> do it. I was like, oh, this is off. But that, that hatch beer is uh, surprisingly drinkable and approachable. And it's not by any means like over spiced or anything like that. It's just thanks. Just a nice little little touch of hatch in there. That's been a I think a tap room surprise for me for sure. How popular that beer has been for us, yeah. and that I see probably more crowlers and growlers of that go out the door. We don't package that beer, so um, you know maybe that's one reason. But uh, it's really, really been a crowd favorite. And I so, imagine people get surprised, like, oh, this is. Not what I expected. I think so. Make all my friends drink it now. Yeah. See what they think. <laughs> yeah. And it was a kind of a surprise here too. Cause yeah. like if it was actually my wife, I'm from New Mexico. So the hatch green chili is a, you know, it's like sacred right. in where I'm from. It's and so like when my wife said, let's brew this hatch chili beer, but let's not tell Ryan about it. And I come to the, the brewery and there's a, you know, a question mark on one of the tap handles. And it's like, <laughs> I, what's this pull it and immediately know I can, since the hatch chili pepper <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh, it's hatch chili beer. And so, um, and I'm glad it was a surprise because otherwise I'd have been like, Oh no, that's gross. We're not going to brew a uh, hatch chili beer. Cause <laughs> right. like, who's going to drink that. And yeah. then, so, um, I was pleasantly surprised and I, and I, and I feel like, uh, you know, our, our, our guests are, are, yeah. are pleasantly surprised as well too. If Jill ever wants to make more, don't tell Ryan beers. Oh yeah. Let me know. We'll come up with some. Oh yeah. <laughs> then you should definitely like, yeah. yeah. It'd be fun. Talk to her behind we the scenes. We should just do like a quarterly Don't Tell Ryan beer. Yeah, I'd love that idea. Like Have like a tap panelist that Don't Tell Ryan. Yeah, and it just is a yeah. surprise. And have it in the tap room, too. And people are like, can I get the Don't Tell Ryan beer? I love it. You hear it here first. Marketing genius. <laughs> like, great idea. <laughs> um, the website has a lot of, uh, well, not a lot, but it mentions a couple of times the fact that like the beers are all gluten reduced. 
That's right. How does what's the process of reducing gluten? What's what's the big deal behind that? Seems like Malibu is probably a good market for gluten reducing things. Yeah, I'd say most of the beers are gluten reduced. Yeah. Our hazies okay. aren't. Um, is and that on purpose or is that just a byproduct? Or no, it's it. Well, yes and no. Okay. Um, it is on purpose. Yeah, but there's a so we we use an enzyme that reduces the gluten. So there was gluten there before, and there's an enzyme that is chewed it up so mm-hmm. it's not technically full gluten anymore what that enzyme was actually initially invented for is to remove what's called chill haze in beer where you'll take beer and it'll be kind of cold mm-hmm. and it's clear you get it really cold down to like 33 degrees and it gets hazy mm-hmm. um, and that's usually a lot of gluten derived proteins that are kind of showing themselves okay so you add this enzyme and it breaks down those proteins and then when the beer is cold it's clear it helps with filtration helps just general beer presentation Probably helps keep the lines cleaner uh maybe maybe okay yeah. i'll shut up now yeah that sounds good <laughs> yeah sure. that sounds like marketing like less gluten guns. Yeah. yeah probably not but less gluten yeah um but yeah it's uh it helps but then you know i think a lot of people are becoming more aware to aware of what gluten does to them, you know, somebody that's full celiacs or has like a complete gluten intolerance mm-hmm. is still not going to be drinking our beer or right. shouldn't be. Yeah. Sign uh, this waiver. People that are people that are trying to, you know, just reduce or be a w- conscious of their gluten intake can now have some beers and not have to worry as much. Yeah, that's cool. It's it's a nice thing to know, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, what's next for Malibu Brewing? Always something new on the menu, um, for sure. I think we're, we're just going to start doing beer dinners, like mm. ticketed beer dinners and letting uh, Chef Steven really do his thing. So we're excited about doing some of those uh, coming Here's up. All He's, my money. So that's exciting new stuff that we're looking forward to. Beer-wise, I think we shared a few things we've yeah. got coming out through the remainder of the year and into early next year. And otherwise, we're just going to enjoy the ride. You know, we're, yeah. we're still getting our feet underneath us with the tap room and, and restaurant and then kind of figuring out, you know, what beers we want to be making into next year. And so, yeah, we're kind of really enjoying the ride and working on a few things and continue to improve the our, our core beer lineup and continuous improvement, well, I guess, is what's next. Which is always good. I don't know if we're allowed to say it, but you guys have a barley wine coming out too, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Excited for that. Very excited. Very, Very excited. excited. Yeah, that was a that was a fun one. We um wanted to do barley wine, didn't really have any any yeast in the pipeline, so I was gonna look towards dry yeast. So we brewed our barley barley wine with kvike yeast mm. and it came out really nice. It's not funky or farmhousey at all. It's a really clean beer and it fermented out to like twelve percent in about four days. It was so <laughs> fast. Last week around here is a little chilly. Yeah. The tank was hot. It was like 90 degrees. Jeez. We'd sit there and just kind of give it a hug and yeah. <laughs> hug get, get warmed up in the morning. Yeah, really looking forward to the barley wine. Other new beers coming out. I mean, we're we're a pub. Uh, right. We have our six core beers that we can that are available out in the marketplace. We have 20 taps, so that leaves us 14 beers to play around with yeah. and have fun. So Let, Let's dedicate one to Don't Tell Ryan Tap. Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Love like, it. Let's not say we did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will you guys package the barley wine? at all like bottle Ooh, it or anything or? question we're tossed around the idea so okay. i'm working on getting some uh some spirit barrels mm. I, so i'd like to barrel age some of it nice definitely want to package that don't know if we're going to package any of the unbarrel aged uh, maybe a draft only i think barley wines are kind of a fun style because they age well yeah 
So we, you know, we might put a couple kegs on at the tap room for a brief period of time, mm-hmm. and then we can sell her the rest and let them age out in the cold box and see how they taste in a couple months. That'd be fun. Um, yeah. Give it a year. Give it a yeah. couple of years. Save one. Last thing I like to wrap things up with is rapid fire questions. So first thing that comes to mind, don't think about it too long. We'll just, just for order's sake, I'll start with Chaz. We'll go to Ryan. Same question for everyone. I won't jump on your question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first beer you ever drink? First beer I ever drank. Shorts of Rolling Rock. There we go. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think it was Coors Banquet. Almost called. Yeah. Classy. Yeah. <laughs> Super classy. First beer you ever brewed? I love Coors Banquet. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> professionally or homebrew? Either. Either. The first uh, one ever. So I guess homebrew at that so point. So first brew homebrew. First beer homebrew was a uh, porter. Okay. Yeah. Have you home? We didn't even get yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I used to homebrew. I, yeah. It, so way back, it, IPA. This is just a lame answer, but it was an IPA. All this right. is the first beer I homebrewed. We're going to get back to that in a second because I didn't even okay. ask you if you brewed. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite style to brew? Favorite style to brew? Hazy IPAs are kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of tricks to them. And then there's nothing like just insane dry hops. Dumping as many hops <laughs> in there. and <laughs> Kitchen sink. Yep. Uh, selfishly, I like other people to brew our Mexican style lager so I can drink it because I love that beer. I have a very crappy version coming up soon. All right. I can't wait to try it. Uh, cans or bottles? Depends on the beer. I think cans are great for everyday drinkers, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing like a properly presented Belgian bottle of beer. And say, I want that barley wine in a Mm -hmm. bottle, not a can. Yep. Yeah. I, I, oh man, such a lame answer again, but same, same deal. Uh, there's certain beers. Like I love a barrel aged stout in a bottle. And then I love the convenience of a yeah. 12 ounce can and to take with me. So, uh, I feel a little bit, I'm on the fence. Yeah. The big sexy beers need a sexy bottle. I mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. Uh, favorite beer and food pairing. I think it's kind of lame to talk about our food, but <laughs> I think our mac and cheese and their Berliner Weiss Ooh. is like a really interesting com- combination. Just the acidity of the Berliner Weiss just resets your palate after every bite of the mac and cheese. I like it. Uh, first point American IPA and our smash burger is like my favorite every night. thing right now. Yeah. Not every night. I'm, I'm trying to right, maintain sure. my physique here. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy sometimes. Right, sure. You can have one night off. <laughs> Jogging home. Yeah. Here, yeah. Or is it yogging? <laughs> uh, it's Wednesday night. What are you drinking? Middle of the week. Probably low fills. Yeah. Whatever the short filled beers from the last week's candy and run work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Got a lot of those in my fridge. <laughs> it's Pacific Gold, our American lager. Yeah. That's uh, it's always in my fridge uh, or our San and Sea. I unabashed, unashamed lager fan and yeah. i love our lagers you so. should like your own beer i love our it's own not beer. a bad yeah, thing beer. Yeah. yeah be be proud of your beer it's fine <laughs> i promise uh what's your beercation destination uh bavaria mm. it's a big fight in our house i want <laughs> <laughs> my wife and i have never been to europe and she wants to go to all the wine countries and i'm like well we have to go to all the beer countries so this is like a multiple month long trip that it has to become that sounds awful yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Germany for me it, it, for the same reasons. I, I've been lucky to meet some some cool brewers from from Germany who have had our beer that are like, oh, you guys are doing you know a cool job. And so it's just I, I want to go there and just see the old world, the style. old world style yeah. of, of how they're you know there's like two three hundred year old breweries over yeah. there that like to go contrast that to yeah. what we're doing here. So, uh, what's your favorite outside so non Malibu brewing beer? It, it depends on the setting. I I am a big fan, so I may have missed out on my cheap beer roots in college, uh-huh. but I am developing a liking for cheap beer. 
Um, <laughs> and I actually really enjoy Coors Banquet. There you go. <laughs> um, I think it's just, you know, if I'm at the supermarket buying beer and want something, some kind of like fodder beer, can't go wrong. All right. Hmm. Uh, in Colorado, I was a huge fan of Great Divide, just an awesome Can't brewery. Yeah, I, you know, I love the Yeti. I love Upslope made a great pale ale too. It was probably like one of the early, and that's a, it's a brewery up in Boulder, um, also from Colorado. And then I, I've got to say Made West makes a great pale ale that I just yes. love. It's um, my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I love that beer. So I give you three. So right. is that okay? Yeah, I think we can take one of those. All yeah. right, cool. Yeah, so yeah, I'm a beer fan. I like a lot. Um, just wish you liked beer. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite non-beer hobby? Well, I've been into mountain biking lately, um, but hands down, my favorite activity to do is sailing. Oh, yeah. Geez, uh, if I can get, I, I like to, I like to run. It, for me, it's helpful helpful to get like clear my mind a little bit and uh, get a minute. So lately, only because like we've been so busy, like that's my my guilty pleasure is to. Have a nice run. Just get away from everybody. Yeah, exactly. I turn on your podcast and actually I run to that. (laughs) I I actually do. So I'm not making that up. Do you notice you slowing down if you listen to us? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a great way. Actually, it takes my mind off of running. So maybe I just, maybe my past time is listening to the crap beer public. I love that. Okay. (laughs) While running. We're going to put that on loop. That's going to be the entire episode. Uh, Chaz, I think you really answered this already, but what's your favorite guilty pleasure beer? So I'll, I'll answer with the uh, the other other end of the spectrum that I probably should have said is like beer made by friends. Okay. Um, so guilty pleasure beer, yeah, Coors Banquet. But I love it when you know I've been in this industry for a minute now, and you know I've made a lot of friends in the brewing industry, and it's it's really great when someone brings you a beer and like, hey, try it, check this out, and they're not they're not necessarily looking for notes or anything. They're really sure. proud of something. Yeah. Um, and those are the, always the best beers. Nice. We don't make them, but, uh, I, you know, I don't mind a fruited ale sometimes, you know, yeah. um, if it's a well-made beer. I don't really buy it that often, but I also am like, ah, oh, this is not so bad. So um, I guess that's a guilty pleasure, but I also like my macros still. I like my Coors Banquet, you know, this nothing is, wrong with it. I, I swear one of the most popular answers from brewers is usually either like PBR or Coors Banquet. Yeah. <laughs> no, and that's, yeah, it's tough to go away from it so yeah stick like with it. what works well, as you like say there's a reason they've been around for so long i know right i mean budweiser's the biggest brewery in the world for some reason we'll figure <laughs> out eventually. Uh, and then finally what is your favorite word or slang for being drunk yeah i shit faced that classic kind of, yeah. yeah it's classic yeah shit house hammered yeah wasted plastered <laughs> Maybe I'm just going down at the thesaurus at this yeah. point, basically. So there's not one. Ryan but it all can... in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get my scroll out here. That's uh, kind of in the rotation. Yeah. Yeah. All good ones. So the stats, 30745 Pacific Coast Highway, R4 in Malibu, California. Right. Is where the brewer or where the tap room is. Correct. Uh, go check them out. Go eat all the food at Brew Malibu on the socials. Brew Malibu. Wow. Well, double. Brewmalibu.com. Anything I'm missing? Come visit us. Yeah. And uh, you can buy cans online at brewmalibu.com. Yep. Check out our website. Yeah. Most importantly, go eat the food with the beer. It's a a nice setting. It's a nice experience. You guys, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Thanks for your beers. Thanks for everything. Glad to have you. Glad to finally be on your show. Mm